KPFT Houston. I wear rainbows as skirts to cowboys build a fire. There's a guy eating a flower. Hashtag Tokyo. Maruchan con tapatio. Mmm, here for the bikinis and sunshine. Que viva la música. Wisdom captions, post, repost, kids in cages. Frida Kahlo has an Instagram. Call me from London. Soul be saved. Memes. Pinecone in the yard. So ready for this album to come out. Happy year of the pig from young men. You're listening to Nuestra Palabra here on KPFT 90.1 FM, uh, KPFT Houston. En el 
nada que perder, ya solo pueden ganar o ganar. Pensé que la vida era un juguete, he perdido todo mi billete. No me quedan pesos, pero tengo besos, puedo ganar con un 2 y un 7. No, nena, no voy de farol, vi mi futuro en el charol de tus zapatos. Si tú eras el premio gordo, aposté por ti por puro morbo. Todo lo que tengo es misterio, sé la otra mitad de mi hemisferio. Nada tienes que perder, en mi casino es como un crupier, nuestro destino. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always más. Thank you so much for tuning in to Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air during Pledge Drive. Shout out to our familia from Generation Radio. And KPFT is the championship radio station that has dope music followed by deep thoughts. And I don't think you can get that anywhere else in the country but here. 713 Five two six five seven three eight. It is pledge drive. So instead of dumping commercials here that would dictate the programming of all of our shows and probably wipe some of our shows off the air, we pause to ask you to pitch in and help us do our part so that all the shows benefit from the infrastructure that we have here. We won't be pitching you hard every single moment of the show, even though I think we should. <laughs> Better wisdom has, has pushed us to say, you know what, let's pitch a little and keep the programming what it is so that people keep tuning in, because that's what the whole goal is. 713-526-5738. And we know you're on your way to see the Astros defeat the Washington Nationals. If you're visiting <laughs> from around the country, be you media or fans, we hope that you're enjoying this slice of what Houston is. It's so diverse. It really is cool. It's metropolitan. It's actually down home. And stations like KPFT survive only in Houston. I don't think you're going to get this sort of lineup. Again, think about it. You just heard Generation Radio. This is great weather for Generation Radio, though. Isn't it cute? Like, I had the sunroof down. Yeah, this is the definitely convertible. I'll blowing up that music through Montreal. Discovery man. Green. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know? And it is so cool because it's something uniquely Houston. Absolutely. Followed by Nuestra Palabra. Today, we're going to bring you a fantastic poet, uh, Joaquin Ziwatanejo. And we had scheduled him before, but we, we couldn't uh, bring him on the air, so we are coming through with that right now so we're sticking true to our programming and then additionally going to bring you today's dose of cultural capital allowed to prosper but not rule because we're talking about really exposing structural oppression but we are examples of breaking through it and you are part of that we've been on the air Nuestra Palabra has been on the air going on 18 years. Nuestra Palabra, the organization, is 21 years old. You've helped us shatter a lot of barriers, everything from the ban of ethnic studies in Arizona to getting Mexican American studies passed statewide here in Texas to 
changing the nature of the hotel occupancy tax contract that distributes arts. And we're still working on that as well. We've also teamed up, and we've got great news for you today. We helped all the groups that came together to save Talento Bilingue, the Houston Center. We're happy to announce that Mecca, under the leadership of Alice Valdez, has signed the contract to be the operator for the Talento Bilingue, the Houston Theater. It is staying in Latino legacy hands. So we have a short-term answer, which is fantastic. We will all convene again for a long-term answer. But here's my point. We just can't do only poetry and literature. We do it the way our community needs it, at several levels, with the intention of changing the world. We're not talking about doing it. We've done it. We want to keep doing it with your help. 713-526-5738. Hey, let me give you an introduction to humans making this happen. Hey, this is Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. This is Q. This is Marlon. Hi, I'm Rachel. That's the next gen right there. Hi, I'm Maria. Those are the next generation radio personalities, journalists. And what I love is that's also what we do. We're not just here to to maintain the status quo. We're packing the bench deep for other folks that will come through. We're hitting all kinds of mediums. Um, you know, Bootleg Like Jazz got to see. I was watching you. <laughs> I was watching Bootleg Like Jazz. Such a cool interview. Appreciate such cool guests. Who did you, who, which one were you watching? She was talking about the Africana. She was talking about the. Oh, uh, yeah, Lindsay Gary. Yeah, she's man. dynamite. Oh, man. my goodness. Yeah, she she's amazing. Really cool, that. really cool deep intellectual stuff. Yeah. Done in contemporary style, which is what we're about. Absolutely. Also saw there was a shout out for you when the. Um, City of Houston put out a press release about the folks that won the grant that you got. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, my name was... <laughs> it was <laughs> I need to find... Can somebody find that press release, please? You that's know? cool. So, that makes my day. <laughs> that's so cool, though. But but I love it because, again, we're not playing here. No, we're not. You we're, can say that again. We're changing the I world. I this, man. A, I get off work. That's what I do. Exactly. That's what I do. Exactly. And we love that if you're listening now, you can be a part of it. If you stumbled on us, I'm mistaken. Again, there's a ton of visitors from all over the country here in H-Town, Texas, as we win our, our, our second championship in three years. Well, hey, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I think we got this. I think we got this. I think we got it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling potent. We better stop throwing balls the first inning. Oh, my. That's a little too exciting. Jeez, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack. Loading the bases first inning, almost walking. <laughs> like, that is not what you do when you're the highest paid. You know? But then, of course, you get that home run at the end. By by a Venezolano. And you know what I love about it? Talk about small dudes, small people not having a big, huge impact. And and, and we're talking about immigrants. We're, I, we're talking so many different things, man. And we're talking about how Latinos get over that wall with home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's something you can say. I can't say that. <laughs> 713-526-5738. Hey, familia, join us to pitch in. To keep nuestra palabra, Latino writers having to say on the air, as well as all the other shows, and let's keep KPFT thriving for years to come, and and for I think campaigns we haven't even imagined, and also right. again this is the new way. I'm trying to resist continue pitching. We're going to go right into programming. We got a poet coming up for you in a little bit, and right now it's today's installment of Cultural Capital. This is allowed to prosper. But not rule. And I got, I'm got. i going to share some feedback, too, from folks that already uh, emailed me back on this. Um, let's let loose. Every family should thrive enough to create a poet. Every family should thrive enough to cultivate an elected official. Each of these vocations requires a lot of hard work, talent, and public scrutiny. Each is admirable. Yet, in our community, we don't often talk about the costs of cultivating either one. The real question is, are we ready to pay that price? So let, let me get really practical really quick. So early voting's begun. Let, let's pause here. I hope everybody's early mm -hmm. voted, yep. right? Uh, and it started yesterday. So right now, especially, I keep hearing people wonder why more Latinos don't run for elected office. This is the same as asking why more Chicanos do not become poets. 21 years ago, I founded Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say, because I and many others were asking the same questions. Looking back, I can tell you that the answers are very similar. So here's the good news. If you are Latinx with a master's degree and bilingual, you are in demand. However, 
you do have to make a choice. There are two avenues of true success for our generation. One road to profound success is strictly American and has to do with strictly capital money. Most people understand that and the American dream is really perhaps the myth that all of us can get there. The other road is to prosper through cultural capital, which means not simply money, but also intellectual capital, educational capital, perhaps thriving by creating art or literature. And I've shared a lot of different definitions about cultural capital in the past, and I'll write more about these two facets in the future. But for now, these two roads represent the choice that our generation has to make. Because here's the bad news. At this time, you can't do both. You must now decide if you choose to prosper or rule. Here's one quick example. I run into a lot of accomplished professionals who have made it, so to speak, and they tell me about the book they want to write. Most, if not all, will never write that book. We're successful at this time because we're allowed to prosper. We're not allowed to rule. Those who rule have generational wealth and they can do both. To put it another way, some of the structural barriers that in the past prevented us from middle to upper middle class incomes have been removed or addressed. Again, just this sentence could be and is the basis for an entire book. But for the purposes of this essay, I'm going to summarize this fact this way. Due to civil rights victories and access to education, Mexican Americans and Latinos now have access to upwardly mobile jobs. In Texas alone, let's keep it real, Mexicans used to be lynched. There were no Mexican allowed signs at restaurants. We were denied access to higher education and so on and so on and so on. And as I write this in 2019, these barriers have been addressed enough for us to somewhat and some of us to gain access to positions that pay well. This again, I have to stress is powerful. I should also stress that there were a lot of allies from other races and ethnicities that got us here. However, I would also point out that this has afforded a segment of us to prosper, but not rule. So yes, a bilingual Latina with a master's degree is in demand. Early in her professional career, she'll get hired at a corporation in Houston or Dallas that pays well. However, this will probably mean she's in the community affairs department or she may be working on Latino outreach. Again, that's good. But at most corporations in Houston, Dallas, Austin, the highest paid administrators are not Latinx. Those positions at the top pay salaries and benefits that lead to generational wealth. The Latina who is entry level, even mid-level, is prospering but she's not ruling the corporation. Few of us do or will. More importantly, in order to accumulate wealth, she may fall into the myth of the workaholic. In other words, she may believe that by working 60 to 80 hours a week, she can move up the upper echelon ranks or can accumulate enough wealth to manage that capital to pursue generational wealth. That doesn't work. Again, don't mistake this as dismissive or judgmental. I'm trying to exclude any emotional response from this analysis. Here's the reason that quantifying our cultural capital is important. If that Latina chooses to pursue the path of accumulating continued capital, she would clearly not want to run for elected office or become a poet. School board members in Texas are not paid, but they give work and we're talking about enough volunteer hours, like a full-time job. Texas state representatives make $7,300 a year. Houston City Council members make $60,000 a year. These are internship-level and entry-level salaries for Latinos with advanced degrees. These volunteer positions require a lot of time and energy, and running for the positions costs money, time, and energy as well. Also, to do the job well requires different skill sets that are the very same skills that the Latina in question would become even more valuable possessing in the corporate world. If a person is pursuing generational wealth, why would they put that at risk for a full-time job that does not pay 
is exhausting and requires submitting yourself to public scrutiny. Why would that person become an elected official or a poet? Of course, there's other reasons besides money to run for office. However, without generational wealth, here's the point. It is a bigger risk for members from our communities to stick their necks out like that. This is the same for writers and poets. Ironically, we need more poets and elected officials than ever to break through the new structural barriers that allow us to prosper but prevent us from ruling. Our elders were fine until they realized how unfair they were being treated. Once they realized that, they had to act. An entire generation fought for more rights and we're still benefiting from them. However, unless we set the course to invest in more cultural capital, we have hit another ceramic ceiling. So that's this week's installment of Cultural Capital. The phone number here is 713-526-5738. And again, I love it when people dialogue. I got one response here from Hector. He sent me a note. uh, Well written. Had to read that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then he goes on to say, I can make art, paint, sculpt, mosaic, and poetry all day. But I do not know how to write a grant proposal to save my life. Mm, mm, The mm. sad thing is at 31, I have 16 years public art experience and art class team building experience. I guess that's what happens when you work for an entity who wants to keep you in your place, disallowing growth and competition. Mm. That hits too home. That, that, That hits too close to home, actually, you know? I mean, that's something we were talking about even when I applied for my grant. It's like... The access and the and, and the knowledge of being able to write, being able to have that stigma taken away and, and, and to apply. I mean, I've even Leslie Contreras Schwartz was telling me, you know, she sometimes is frustrated because we get, you know, we already psych ourselves out, um, you know, because of that instead of, you know, diving in or having those opportunities available, you know. Uh, yeah, that hits a little too close to home right there. No, no, I, I appreciate it. And, and I think especially... I think people see it clearly when we talk about the arts field, mm. but I think it's equivalent to being elected official. Right, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think if, even for myself, I'm like, you know, what if I wanted to run, you know, where would I start? You know, what are the things to do? I mean, it, even that feels like, you know, way more complicated than applying to college. I don't know, you know. And, and I think right now the whole idea of cultivating cultural capital is we as a community need to keep this in mind and start planning towards that. Right. Because then maybe it means well, we have to be the support network for each other. True. I, I mean, and, and it definitely brings up this idea of, you know, coming together, being one, and using our resources, um, you know, to make this happen. And, 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 again, I don't want people to think that I'm taking for granted the power we have. This is right. a powerful generation. Right. But we have to keep in mind – well, actually, if folks study critical race theory, they say that the goalposts always get moved. We just don't know where they've been moved. Mm. That's and I, true. That's true. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now in that, you know, um, there are some structural issues that keep us from prospering in different ways. So, so I mean, look at coding. I mean, I know this kind of a little off topic, but even the coding world, technical world, app building, all of that. I mean, I saw an infographic last week. Uh, someone was a developer. They had all these images of all the people they work with who were not uh, black or of color. And it was just them. And, you know. That's a glass ceiling that needs to be shattered and broken. Exactly. And and that is structural. Those are structural barriers that come by income, who they grow up with. I mean, if we're, if we're going to relate it to other topics as well, I think it's still mind-blowing that you had wealthy people bribing their ways into college. It, you know, and, and especially, I want people to think about that. It, it, what, it's what, super insulting. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness! Offensive, and 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 uh, here's the thing: I get really upset when I see these stories. I've even seen them on on uh, progressive media outlets where they say college doesn't matter anymore. And I yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, it's, it's tell a, that to Lori Lachlan, telling that half a million dollars of checks. Right? I'm like, it's so it's so, so useless that you got wealthy people mm-hmm. bribing people mm-hmm. to get access to these institutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. 713-526-5738. Because if, 
if structurally this information now is going to get kept away from our gente, our people, we're going to bring it to you. That's right. what we do right. week in, week, week out. 713-526-5738. And we're talking about radio during prime time mm-hmm. in an era of upheaval. Right. What's funny to me is I think I mentioned this before is that sometimes when, when uh, I tell people we have a radio show, they're like, a podcast? I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> Like a radio show. And we do podcasts, too. Yes, we do. And we do. do social media. Absolutely. We got all the bases covered. And and I think what's fascinating right now is that um, with the change in Advent, this really is, FM radio is classic media. Mm, yeah, I would say so, too. And I think we talked about this before, too. It's free, too. 713-526-5738. Donate you, support. You might say all radio is free, but I tell you what. Some of the commercial stations, they borrow your brain for a little bit when they plug in commercials. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, when, I, when I'm teaching a class, we break down the ads. And what's fascinating is I like to analyze those ads because they're they're building a lot of the stereotypes. And, and That's programming. It, it, it's programming. It is. You know? Roles for men, the roles for women. Too, man. Look at where some certain billboards are located within a city compared to others. You know, it's all just another form of programming. And it's powerful, right? Because in one instance, th- that image and it burns into people's minds, and it's they just there. keep flashing. It's stuck, you know, keep flashing, keep flashing. That's why this station is so powerful because we're bringing you um, world music. You know, this is a cool lineup: Generation Radio, you got awesome beats and sounds, followed by Nuestra Palabra, poetry, yeah. literature, but also social issues, yeah. and then coming to America right after us. So you're talking you about can't beat that, hard- man. You, you I mean, can't beat that. <laughs> You know, they talk about immigration law. They talk about a lot of great things on coming to America and Generation Radio. I mean, a bunch of brown, you know, men jamming, bringing us some of the best music. I mean, they were bringing some some African uh, artists who I had never heard of, and like you can't get that on the other stations. They they could commercial station could not pay enough for all the experts that could put together the programming that we do. That we just I described. love what you said before. We're billionaires in cultural capital, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. And, and we love sharing it with you, but we need you to come through for us today, 713-526-5738. It is our pledge drive. Our goal is $350. We have had a lot of support coming up to this. Thank you, guys, who, who have supported us for sure. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. And we're hoping that the next watch comes in today mm-hmm. and does their part. And we want to keep the celebrations going as we bring you great sounds, great music. We are going to take a musical break, and then we're going to come back with our visiting poet, Joaquin Ziwatenejo, who will be sharing some of his poetry. Beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Pura raza, manos. All those pauses in there, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the, we're the only station saying his name today. (laughs) Hey, you you ain't going to hear that anywhere else. Exactly. So we're going to take a musical break, give you the soundtrack to a revolution, and you will come back to hear some beautiful poetry. And you expect that day in, day out, because it is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Be right back.
and you are tuning in to Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers Heaven to Say on the air. Thanks for tuning in again. And I do want to remind you, it is Pledge Drive. Now, um, I'm going to check with Q. I sound a little robotic. Is that my mic or is that my headphones? I might change. No, you're good. I'm good? Okay. Yeah. All right. Might be just my headphones. But uh, again, thank you for tuning in. The number is 713-526-5738. We are joined in the studio by poet Joaquin Zihuatanejo. Thank you for coming. Oh, why don't you pull that microphone over? Sorry. Thank you for having me. Uh, no, by all means. And you are a resident of Dallas. They have no baseball team. Or we beat them too. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> These Astros got to be crazy, man. They have the cowgirls. Too, too much bravado, <laughs> man. <laughs> but uh, Joaquin received his MFA in creative writing with a concentration in poetry from the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, Nuevo Mexico. His work has been published in Prairie Schooner, Sonora Review, Wisachi. Congratulations, of course, our dear friend Dagoberto Gilb, padrino of the Libro Taficantes, editor-in-chief of, of Wisache, among other journals and anthologies. His poetry has been featured on HBO, NBC, and NPR, in Historias, and the National Teachers Initiative, he was a winner of the Anhinga Robert Dana Prize for Poetry, and I really do love Anhinga Press, one of the Fantastic. one of the most wonderful uh, presses in um, in the U.S. His book Arsonist was published by Anhinga Press in September of 2018. Joaquin has two passions in his 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 life: his wife Ida, and poetry. Always in that order. Oh, <laughs> smart. We are, we're gonna. <laughs> and my brother just got married this weekend. So, okay, I, I, congrats. Yes, thank you. You know, the love is in the air. Yes, no, <laughs> claro, claro, amigo. Exactamente. And this is about the good life. You know, all those things, all those things come together. So, thank you so much for for calling in. If I'm actually in person for coming in. No, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me and letting me talk about uh, arsonist. I, you know, people ask me about the book, and I say I've, I've done four beautiful things in my entire life two daughters that i helped raise uh, one particular turnaround jump shot in a basketball game in middle school <laughs> and then this book arsonist which was you know the fourth beautiful thing um so thank you for letting me come in and and talk about it and and, and read from it no by all means and of course in, in a little bit we're going to have some uh, have you read some poems from yeah. From the from the work. Uh, thanks for coming during Pledge Drive. Absolutely. I, I do want people to know, too, that, um, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. We had you scheduled on a different Tuesday, but because we're KPFT, we defer our airwaves to uh, Execution Watch. Wow. And I promise you that there are no commercial stations that have Execution Watch, but as as most people know, Texas is the death penalty capital of the world. And we've teamed up with the folks from Execution Watch, which uh, Ray Hill, the late great Ray Hill, uh, had been fundamental in forming. And when they're about to, you know, do formal bloodletting, we let that come on the FM airwaves. So we want to invite you back when we had the airwaves on. We've canceled. We've only canceled one other show. It's during uh, Avelda, like, <laughs> right before Avelda. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I, I will. Yeah, it was flooding everywhere. I want people place. to know that the struggle is real to get the poetry out. So we need to appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about you getting the poetry. Some of the ups and downs because we're celebrating your art right now. But I, I, I think for me, um, the path to poetry was was. It was my destiny because my abuelo was a yardman. He mowed yards in Dallas, and uh, he would uh, he was mystified by the people in these far off foreign suburbs where he would work. How they would put things on the curb that nobody wanted, uh, rusty you know bicycles and broken televisions, and uh, sometimes even boxes of books. And that was his most sought after tercero. He never used the word basura for books. He always used the word tercero, treasure. Um, so he was also a treasure hunter. And he would bring them home. And even though we lived in a, a, a I had a really big familia because we, we would take in pe people in our family who fell on hard times. Um, there was only one person in that house that was forced to read the books that my grandfather brought home. And that one person was me. Wow. And when I would, when I would read aloud to him at night um, and see his face contort, and like I'd be reading a poem by William Blake or somebody, and his face would change. And he was the strongest figure that I'd ever encountered in my life and to see someone smile or even weep just from words I just knew was at a young age that I wanted to be paid to be around words for my entire life que potente yeah. oh that is that is powerful yeah. and you hit this from Mexico yes yes my my, my, abuelo, my abuelo and and, and uh, my grandmother también my, my abuelita Juanita they, they were both uh, 
came across as young people and uh and uh had a lot of kids my mother and all of her brothers and sisters and uh so here i am uh second generation and and the first person in all of my entire family to get an undergrad degree and the first person in all of my entire family to get a master's degree as well well we should pause there because um you know one thing we're talking about we can prosper but not rule i think especially as you're painting it people need to appreciate what a risk our hint to take um yes advanced degrees are important but you're not getting an mba <laughs> you got an mfa exactly uh, tell people how that is risky. Oh, it's very risky because I remember uh, having a conversation when I was a very young person with my tío Celestino, who was the biggest and strongest and most tattooed of all of my uncles. You know, the whole body was terrified of him. <laughs> but he was a painter. They didn't know. I, I would see him paint in his room, wow. so he was an artist. And I remember him saying to me one time, like, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up, Mio? And I, I said to him, poet. And I don't know where that answer came from. I just knew I meant it. And he said, poet, how are you going to build a house made of poems? And like that was something very real for my people back then. Like we, you know, the work should be tangible. It should be something you can see. But like right now, I'm writing a quasi autobiographical novel about a, a young boy, and the title of that book that I'm working on is called House Made of Poems. Mm. So I was literally, I was literally surrounded by writers and poets as a young person. They just didn't, they didn't identify as them, but they spoke poems and they spoke stories and they, you know, they gave those to me. And, and that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. I, I think especially because. What what happens with the writing and the work? Absolutely. Um, and, and so then you got your MF. So your hint that went to Dallas first. Uh, uh, came across uh, uh, right across the border, and then eventually moved to Trumbull, Texas. And uh, as a uh, working on a farm, he was a, a farm worker. And then uh, they, he and his wife, my my grandparents, started having lots of kids. And the <laughs> next largest city uh, to Trumbull, Texas, was Dallas. So he moved there for opportunity. And uh, uh, he became a yard man, and, and he also, uh, he and my tios and my, my abuelita también, they also picked cotton seasonally. Um, I can actually remember my you know, going to the fields with, as a very small boy and watching them work, and especially like watching my grandmother work, how much faster she was and all the men she was surrounded wow. by. You know, I write about her a lot, even though she wasn't with us as long as my grandfather was. But uh, yeah, so they ended up in Dallas, and uh, you know that's where... I was actually born and raised. Like people ask me all the time, like you're a poet. How can you live in Dallas? You know, <laughs> it's so soulless. <laughs> and, I, and I tell them, like I did a reading one time with Saul Williams, this beautiful poet. Oh and yeah. And he said to me, "What came? Where are you from?" And I said, "I'm from Dallas." And he goes, "Dallas, don't ever leave." Wow. Mm. And, I, and I said, "Why do you say that?" And he goes, "Poets are supposed to exist in places that need change, mm. and Texas and Dallas needs change. So stay there and change it." You know, well, Saul's yeah. always speaking so. truth. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that, yeah. that is always he's a, he's a wow. legend, man. But yeah. but that's that's potent, and, yeah. and Dallas is changing. Yes, yes. We're, you know, in Fort Worth. Yeah, Fort Worth is is is, is, is yeah. It's it's getting woker and woker by days, but there's still work to be done. And I, and, and yeah. hearing you talk earlier about like man, like the difference between you know just being a pawn and being a king the difference between mm. you know the grind and being able to rule and to create change that's 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 a powerful thing and that's something that i think you're right we we need young people to be poets and we need young people to be politicians we need young people to be, to be change makers and that's you know when i was a teacher i was doing that every day in the classroom and now that i'm a writer and tour universities and colleges and do readings and offer workshops you know i get to challenge young people to 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 try and think about that future and and how they can become agents for change and i'm very lucky to have the job that i have so. i love it well, we're gonna pause here because i do want to appreciate the fact that uh one thank you for coming oh you're on it's an honor thank you uh and, and i'm blessed we can share this at four uh, you know hundred thousand watts fourth largest city in america uh this is great stuff for people to hear 713-526-5738 because i think if we have to insert a shampoo commercial here, you know, they might be calling. They might be calling, say, "Hey, this guy ain't selling no. They ain't selling no shampoo. Let's change it up." No, exactly. But at the same time, too, I we need our people to hear all these messages right. And, right. and get fired up. I want to thank Betty Owen too for calling in. We had our first pledge for today. Appreciate that calling in seven one three. Five two six five seven three. We're going to be bringing you poems in in a little bit. Uh, tell us about where you did your undergraduate. Uh, I did my undergrad degree at, at the University of North Texas in Denton, Texas. Hey, which is, uh, that's me. It's a beautiful place. Alma mater, baby. Yes, yes. That's you know, awesome. And, uh, they call they call Denton Little Austin. I don't know if it's that cool. But, uh, <laughs> that's that's but what they used it's, to say. It's, pre it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it's a uh, great university. I was really honored to to study under some really great profes and. 
um, and make the most of my experience. And uh, you know, when I when I got my my degree in English, my undergrad degree in English with a minor with a minor in secondary ed, I ended up doing three uh, placements as a senior student in different high schools and middle schools in the area in Dallas and Denton. And all three offered me a job. And I don't know if it was nice. because I was male or it was because I'm bi- bilingual or whatever, but I was very lucky. And, and deciding which one of those to go to right after my undergrad was was a very difficult decision. But I ended up uh, I ended up at a school that's kind of a classic 30-30-30 school. You know, 30% Latino, 30% African-American, 30% white. I think it was like 23, 38, 26 or something like that. So it was a very diverse campus. And uh, I was really lucky to teach there. And, uh, you know, we when I was teaching, we had the Robin Hood plan in Texas and schools that were not as wealthy or affluent, got mm-hmm. money from richer districts. And my, the school I taught at was a school that received money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that tells you about the socioeconomic structure of the students who I was serving. Um, so I was very humbled and honored to work there and actually inspired a collection that I put together called uh, Stand Up and Be Heard. It actually read Sit Down and Be Quiet with a line through it. And then <laughs> Stand Up and Be Heard was underneath it. And these are mm-hmm. poems about the students that I taught. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That years ago. That's yeah. exciting. And then, uh, oh, actually, Professor Beto Cardenas. That's yeah. I was trying to remember. <laughs> but I'm like, I was trying to remember the prophet from UNT who's yeah. big with mixed American studies, which is fantastic. And then you got your MFA. Tell us a little about your MFA. Oh yes, I, you know I applied to a few programs and I, I was lucky to be admitted, admitted into all of them. But uh, you know you were talking about per- power earlier. I realized that I have this is a moment of power for me. So basically, in my mind, I just lined up all the pro- profes, all the writers who who profess there at all the programs and, and, and I'm looking at this list of faces and what I wanted to do was I wanted to find a place where I could study under faces who look like mine mm. where I could study under faces who their father was not a professor and their father before them was not a professor because I've, I'd already had that kind of professor I wanted someone who came from the res or from the fields or from the barrio for, whose wow, family came from cool. poverty because I wanted to study under that kind of writer and I was really blessed to end up choosing uh, the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe, New Mexico where I studied under Joan W. Kane and uh, James Alunyota Stevens wow. and Santi Frazier, Shogun Patsui, Natalie Diaz was my, my wow. mentor. Shogun Patsui was over at Mokondo over the summer. Oh, Amazing. Shogun is, is breathtaking. He's, 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 he's going to be U.S. Poet Laureate. You know, and so generous. Now, I mean, he's, I see what you're yeah. saying. Very generous with his time and energy, but yeah. in that you know, in that profound way. Yes. That's, yes. A, you're not playing. It's like no, he's, you're not playing. You know? yeah, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. right, right, right. I tend to write narrative poetry, and 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 Sherwin writes. Uh, he writes, you know, elliptical poetry. So the, the story is stripped out of it. It's all image, which is very, very difficult to write beautifully. And he does it so effortlessly. Mm-hmm. And it's also challenging to read and to and to and to, to to connect to. But I think his writing is just so so stunning that you 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 lean into the page. And his new book is Dissolve. I got, I still hold a state certification from the state of Texas, so I can give I can give homework anytime I like. <laughs> so everybody listening, buy the book Dissolve by Sherman Bitsui. It'll make you a better human. <laughs> and actually we we gotta have Sherman on the air. We yeah. shot the breeze with him and we haven't so we gotta we gotta do that as well. That's awesome. Um, I'm gonna give out the number one more time. Seven one three five two six five seven three eight. If you're tuning in by design, you know what's up. If you tune in by mistake, you're about to get thrilled. We're about to lay some poetry on you, and the magic is coming through KPFT 713-526-5738. We're going to have some poems shared with you from the book Arsonist by Joaquin Ziawatanejo. Uh, let it flow, brother. All right. I'm, I'm going to read uh, uh, two poems from Arsonist and then one one that's a new thing from a new thing I'm working on. Awesome. Um, Arsonist uh, came from my MFA program. This was my – this was my – this was the – this is what, what became of those two years in that program. I was halfway through my MFA, and I was writing a book that was not this book. And halfway through my MFA, I got a Facebook message request from a stranger, and it's actually the quote that opens my book. And that Facebook message request is 23 words uh, that really changed my life. And I'm going to read that quote that opens my book. The quote reads, uh, you don't know me, not really, and I hate to tell you like this, but my father, I mean, our father has died. And that was from a Facebook message request I received while writing these poems. So that's how I found out the man who left my mother and me the year that I was born had died from a stranger who shared half of my blood. So I decided to scrap everything I was working on my first year of my MFA and just write a book to my father, for my father, in honor of my father. And uh, so this is a poem. It's called The Breath of Our Disconnection. Uh, Not long after I got that Facebook message request, that person sent me a picture of the obituary from the newspaper, and there was no mention of me in the body. I'd been written out of my father's life in life and in death. Uh, so I rewrote the obituary. <laughs> so this is called The Breath of Our Disconnection or On Finding Out That I Was Left Out of My Father's Obituary. He is survived by sheet-soiled crimson, 
crumpled cold on hospital floor, survived by blood in lungs, throat, and mouth, hair in sink, by chemotherapy, by diagnosis, survived by pain inside and shortness of breath, by calloused hands, farm jack, come along, whirly jig, he is survived by new family and new priorities, by community college art classes, by not-so-brown boy, by the ideal of beautiful brown woman, he is survived by pills of different colors and sizes, by PTSD, by Agent Orange, he is survived by severed limbs and wells of soldiers too young for death, by Ho Chi Minh City, Unit, Corps, God, and Country, Act One of Hamlet, by Paint by Numbers, survived by amniotic fluid in lungs, throat, and mouth, by unbuckled belt and floral print dress on the floorboard of a Chevy, by young man and younger woman swaying in time in small-town Texas dance hall, he is survived by I'm so lonesome I could cry playing on the jukebox. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. That's Thank beautiful. you so much. I'll read one more from the new book. And um, this is a, a one for my mother and my father. Um, and this takes its title from a very famous song in, in Mexico. Por tu, por tu maldito amor. This is called For Your Damn Love. <laughs> Your mother was a devout Catholic. Your father was an atheist. You are intentionally using the past tense. She is now Mormon. He is now dead. For this reason and so many others, you constantly find yourself praying to nothing. You search for the sacred in the night sky, an empty hand, a plastic bag with a large hole in it since his death. Everything has a hole in it, including you. How is it that you mourn so deeply, weep in an empty hotel room late at night over a man who left all those years ago and never came back? They gave you an explanation, an obituary, so many words, sentences, paragraphs, there is no mention of you in the body. You are a something, reduced to a nothing, a dried riverbed, a forgotten secret, a roll of exposed film. You recall the photograph of him that you burned as a child, his foolish, resplendent body so thin and skeletal, the right angles of his shoulders, the terse edges of his elbows. It is because of him that every part of you is sharp. Knuckles, knees, tongue, you inherited that much from him. You do not tell your mother your, that your father is dead. You do not see the point. She has been remarried for many years. She only ever talked about your father in her sleep. You wake late at night from the ache of hunger. Sit up, let your legs dangle over the fold-out couch, the only bed you knew as a child. You walk past her bedroom door on the way to the kitchen. You learn from her that it is possible for someone to cry in their sleep. You cannot make out, you can only make out one word between sobs. His name, which is also yours. Many months after hearing the news, you call your mother. Ask her how she is doing. Make small talk. Say it in passing. My father is dead. She is silent. She is new moon. A callous palm, a torn grocery bag, dancing within wind in a vacant parking lot. She severs the silence with pointed gossip about a distant cousin, scolds a dog in Spanish for knocking over the water bowl, such piercing indifference. You can hear her story on the television behind her. She will not carry this with you. You are using the present tense intentionally. Half of your past is gone forever. The other half refuses to acknowledge that any of it happened, happens, and there you are, a boy, standing in front of a gray metal trash can in the alley that parallels Bonita Boulevard, a photo of a slender blonde man in one hand, your Theo Zippo lighter in the other, above you a hollow moon lingers, in the distance a gurgling borracho sings por tu maldito amor, beautifully, you close your eyes, hear a voice that might be the drunk man's, or your father's, or yours, whisper, burn it, turn it all to ash and warm yourself by the embers. Wow. No, that's potent. Thank you for listening. And beautiful. Uh, we, we've got live in the studio with us Joaquin Ziwatanejo, who's reading. Those are some poems from Arsonist. I, I don't want to comment on all of them because we've got more to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but how powerful that you can take a story that was hidden. Yes. I mean, that's the power because the shame is there. Mm-hmm. But to bring it to light so potent and then you help yeah. us get through that. Absolutely. And I, I have I have people who've who've picked up the book and uh and I hope you if you if you're listening and you like what you're I hope you 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 pick it up. It's it's called Arsonist and it's uh and it's out at you know, Amazon dot com, Barnes and Noble dot com and Ningapress dot org. Um 
And actually, when it won the award that it won, it wasn't called Arsonist. My original title was Causes of Degradation, but I wanted to change the title to Arsonist, and I was trying to talk myself into it. And one of my professors at IAIA, uh, the Institute of American Indian Arts, James Alunyota Stevens, he said, who wrote uh, Combing the Snakes of His Hair, he's a breathtaking poet, he said to me, Joaquin, I heard your thing about changing the title to Arsonist. And I said, yeah, I am. What do you think of that? He goes, you must. And I said, why do you say that? He goes, because, Joaquin, I've read these poems. They're about you and your father. And don't you realize the word arsonist has the word son mm. in the middle of it? But it also has the sentence, our son is Dang. inside that one word. So when this he said that to me, ja. I was like, ja. that's, 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 those kind of mentors you want, bro. <laughs> it's got to be that. So, yeah. So. And you said, yeah, one more poem yeah, from I'll, New I'm, I'm going to read one more. Exclusive. This yeah, is an exclusive? Yeah, this, is. this is new. It's, it's from a new book I'm working on called Not Ravens But Crows. And you talked about power. So I'm going to use my power right now to read something that I think uh, uh, we need to hear as, as a gente, as a people. So this is called Categorized as Traumatic or Seven Ways to Stay Safe While Traveling Over, Through, or Near Ice. One, if at all possible, avoid any areas where there are reports of ice present, as even small amounts of ice can be deadly. Two, it is true what they say about ice. It is just as deceptive during the day as it is at night. For this reason and so many others move only during certain hours of the day and try never to come across ice alone. Three, remember ice can hold you in its grasp for days on end. So carry water with you to avoid dehydration and blankets for warmth. Four, let family know when you have left, where you are going, and when you plan to arrive. Who would have thought the simple act of communication could help us survive ice? Five, if ice forces you to stop, pull safely off the highway, turn on your hazards. If you have a distress flag, hang it from your car antenna, leave the emergency flares untouched in your trunk, do not step out of the car, remain safe inside, stay together until someone finds you. Six, if while traveling by foot you see ice ahead in the distance, stop, grab the hand of the one you are traveling with, do not let go, never let go, just turn and move with great caution in the opposite direction. Seven, when you find yourself anywhere near ice, listen to your body. Do not be afraid when shivering sets in. That spasmodic contracting and relaxing of flesh is your body's way of telling you to get someplace safe. Mm. Thank you. Potente. Man. You listen to Nuestra Palabra. We just had Joaquin Zihuatanejo flow. Uh, we got some sneak preview of the book coming out. That is potent. Thank you. The Thank felicito. You so Congratulations. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Thank no, you. No, igualmente. Me. You're part of the familia now. I look, forward. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to abusing that relationship. Estás en casa. Thanks for another great show, everyone. If you're tuning in, you still got about two minutes. We got some donations, man. Man. We did. Did we? Oh, yeah. fantastic. Shout out to Mo Cortez. Mo, uh, we this, love you, Mo. Yeah, he said this Saturday is Intersex Awareness Day. He donated 10 bucks. Appreciate you. Appreciate and you, we Mo. also have uh, Matias. He says, love the show and want, and want to make sure that we stay on the air. Oh, thank, thank you, you uh, Matias. I hope I said it right. Appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. That means a lot, especially when we can bring you poets uh, like yourself, but, you know, upcoming poets, student poets. Mm. I, I think like you're saying, it's it's got to be this legacy, generational legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we appreciate the support. You still have about a minute to call in, 713-526-5738. In a little bit, you got Coming to America coming in, where they've been taking your calls about immigration issues. So we just play lawyers on the air. <laughs> you know, so take that with that grain of salt mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're the actual lawyers that come Absolutely. up with a little bit uh, but likewise they're here to try and keep uh, the community radio going and, and we're here to serve you as well and then of course we'll be cheering on the Astros as they <laughs> destroy the Washington Nats <laughs> Absolutely. but thanks for tuning in thanks to the crew for another great show hey nope. this is Tony Diaz no Libertad Picante saying goodnight this is this is Q saying good night. This is Marlon saying good night. Rachel, go Astros. Hey. <laughs> this is Maria, go Astros too. Thanks so much. We will catch up with you at some of the events we mentioned, and you can also go online. Don't forget to donate online as well. 
and stay tuned for Coming to America.